We gave the worship team just a little bit of time off because they'll be in early this afternoon getting ready for Christmas Eve. So um, a little less this morning, but a lot this evening just to celebrate, uh, to praise, and to worship God. We'll be doing communion together and uh, just looking back at the Christmas story, sharing some time together, focusing on really uh, what we'd say the, the meaning for the season. Did you say something? Oh, sorry. Uh, the meaning for the season and uh, what we're doing. Uh, so it's just so good to be with you. Let's uh, pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We're so grateful today, God, that we come together and we get to celebrate. We get to acknowledge the expression of your love for us. That while we were dead in our sin, away from you, didn't know about you, didn't care about you, you cared about us. You loved us so much that you sent Jesus. You came, you put on flesh. You dwelt among us. He was born in such innocence, purity. Grew up and lived his life, tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. And then he hung on the cross, bore our sin. Not his own, but ours. In his own body. God, you, you planned that. So that at that point, justice and mercy would intersect and collide. That what we deserve was death because of sin. But Jesus bore our death so that mercy would be released and we could experience life like no other, life with you. And so we're so thankful that you saw the beginning from the end, Jesus, that you saw the beginning from the end, why you came, and you fulfilled that divine purpose that we might have this wonderful relationship with you. We ask you, Holy Spirit, be in this place. Teach us, guide us, direct us, help us. As we come to the end of one year, celebrate you. Turn into a next year. Equip us. Empower us. Show us things to come so that we truly might live out this very life that you've given to us. Be that display of your goodness everywhere we go. So we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise and thanksgiving. For what will be accomplished in every heart and in every life this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to Luke, the 10th chapter. Luke, the 10th chapter. And uh, as Pastor Tasha said, we're in the middle of a series called Divine Connection. And uh, many times when I'm in a series, you know, holidays, I try to navigate that. But I really felt like I had something today just to share with us, to help us uh, in the next couple of days. Today, the next couple of days. Um, but really, if we understand that, to take us into uh, 2024. And uh, in the year 2024, looking ahead, many people have said, but you can pretty much just observe and know that um, there's going to be a lot going on in 2024. There's going to be a lot of challenges. There's going to be a lot of things that take place in 2024. And uh, in prayer, many people have gotten, it's going to be a great time for the church in 2024. So there's going to be some tension that goes on in life. There's going to be some things that happen in life, just as there is right now. There's some tension about time. There's some tension about activities. There's some tension about what what are we doing? <laughs> well, we're celebrating Christmas. Well, we think that's it, but sometimes it's about the ham. <laughs> or it's about the turkey. Or it's about the pot roast. It's about, is everything cleaned up because the relatives are coming over? But we're celebrating Jesus, but we're not that happy about it. And so there's, it's just where tension collides. 
And it's not always bad because, you know, you don't want things to be a mess, but at the same time, it can change our focus and it can grab our attention away from what is most important. And so I've entitled, you know, if you're around here very much, you don't usually get a title either. So this is really an extraordinary uh, Sunday. Uh, But the title of this message is I Choose Us. I Choose Us. And so Luke chapter 10 Starting verse 38, it says, Now it happened as they went, uh, went that he entered a certain village, and a certain warm woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. I'll just pause right there for a moment, you know. We reread a few stories where things start to happen that distract people, and most people's comment to Jesus is, don't you care? Isn't it amazing that when people are experiencing peace in the midst of your trouble, you think they don't care? Right? Right? The disciples in the boat, there was a storm. He was asleep. They woke up. Don't you care? We're all going to die. And he woke up and went, peace be still. And nobody died. And she's like, hey, we're trying to get this taken care of. Don't you care that I'm in the kitchen working? Why? Because he was at such peace. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Hmm, That got quiet. Come on, we can be worried about many things. Believe me, we're going to turn into uh, a year 2024, and there's going to be many opportunities to be worried about many things, consumed about many things, anxious about many things. But there's one thing that's going to be most important. Come on, I know, I know already, I can hear it, people's personality, but you don't understand. You don't understand what I got going. You don't, you don't. Exactly, I do understand. That's why we're talking about it right now. You can just hear it in people's mind. Oh. You can hear people sitting next to their partner like, I hope he's, they're not hearing this because when we get home, they're going to tell me to calm down, but I'm not going to calm down. <laughs> but just calm down. Because there's one thing that's most important. There's one thing that's most important. I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. And Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated By finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, you don't even care if you interrupt Jesus when you're doing the housework. Some people don't care if they interrupt Jesus. And said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by herself? Now we're down to fairness. You should tell her to get up and help me. 
And the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Wow. Isn't that something? So we're here. We're here today. We're here tomorrow to celebrate Jesus. How can we begin to focus on Jesus? There's many things that will be able to pull and distract and pull away from all the things that we say are there to acknowledge and celebrate the birth of our Savior and our King, but how easily will we get distracted and put something else in a different place which will begin to rob us? How often, if somebody says, let's just sit down for a moment and pause and take a moment, will we think we don't have time to do that, yet that is the most important thing. And if we get a place in the next two days where we can actually discipline ourselves to put the first things first. Then as we go into 2024 and there'll be many distractions and many things that people say are the most important thing that we can say, listen, there is one thing that is the most important thing in my whole life. And I am going to make sure and put that first. Because when I do, that is something that he will not take from me. He'll not take from me. And listen, this becomes pretty important because this isn't just this story. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, he says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Some of you need to underline that. Some of you need to copy it, cut it out, put it on your mirror. Can my worrying add one good thing to this situation? See, God doesn't want us to be worrying caught up in anxiety, stressed out. That's not what he had planned for you. That's not why he sent Jesus. That's not what this time is about. It won't be what the days ahead are really about. As God takes a care for you, he sent Jesus to deliver us from all of those things that would come to distract and ultimately control our life, our decisions, and our emotions. When we get distracted and we get caught up in worry and we get caught up in stress, they begin to control our life. And Jesus came so they would not control our life, but that the fellowship that we have with him could begin to guide and direct our life in peace through peace with him. He said, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things, the Gentiles, or the people who don't know me, they seek after them every day. 
But your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, can you look around you and see how God has created everything? Can you trust when you look at the, the birds of the air and see how they continue to survive and the lilies of the field when they bloom, when you look at all of that and you see all the splendor, can you put some trust in God that God puts value upon your life? He put a great value upon your life. He sent Jesus. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. He sent Jesus to die. And when Jesus died and shed his blood, he placed a great value upon your life. He put a value that was greater than the lilies of the field, greater than the mountains, greater than anything that he created yet he clothes them, he provides for them, he takes care of them, and he says, you are of such greater value than they are, and I've proven it by sending my own son to die for you. So if you could grasp the value that you have, you wouldn't be like those who don't know me and distracted by all the busyness of life. You would come unto me and begin to put your heart into my heart and know that if I could take care of all of creation, I will take care of you. So don't get worried because tomorrow's coming. You're not going to stop it. And tomorrow's going to have stuff in it. 2024 is going to have stuff in it. It's going to have people in it who don't do what you think is right. It's going to have situations in it that you wish were different. And he said, but I, I'm not caught by surprise. God's not caught by surprise of what's going to happen tomorrow. And he says, since I know what's going to happen tomorrow in the world because it's governed by evil forces, he said, if you'll focus on me, I can walk you through what's going to happen tomorrow and bring you out the other side. And that's what he wants to do, is he wants to walk with you through tomorrow and the trouble that will be in it that are sufficient for itself. But he says, I'm going to need your attention. I'm going to need you to not be distracted by every other thing that comes along. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 in the Passion Translation says this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. I said, don't shuffle along. Don't get your head so down to the ground that we just got to be busy today. We got to get this all done, what's right here today. But look up. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And so as we're moving through life, you know, you can just hear, yeah, but all these things in life, you don't know how much I'm weighed down. You don't know how much the end of the year. You don't know what we have to get done next year. I might not, but he does. He does. So he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. So see, he knows. He knows life can endeavor to get the best of you. 
He knows that. He lived on the earth. He lived as a man. He got more done in three and a half years than most people get done in a whole lifetime. He got done in three and a half years what books in libraries could not contain what he got done. So I think he knows how to get a lot done in a little bit of time. We might say this, Jesus was the most efficient person that ever walked on the face of the earth. The most efficient person. So he said, if you're laboring with life and trying to figure out how to get things done in life without it wearing you out without it distracting you and consuming you, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. Come on, he wants to teach you something. Teach you something about what? How to get through life and its burden and its hardship and its trouble, how to get through it without getting heavy laden and burdened down. He said, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. He said, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. So he said, come on, come and learn from me. So we have to do like Mary and we have to begin to focus our attention in the right place, not be easily distracted. Jesus said, you get easily distracted by many things, but Mary has determined to not be distracted. Let me just encourage you, if you don't already, begin to set a prayer time. A prayer time. Find a time where you can sit at Jesus' feet. Not on the run, just take a time and sit at Jesus. Well, you don't know how busy my schedule is. Whatever schedule you have. Yeah, I got to get up early in the morning. Just get up a little bit earlier. Learn from him. Put him first. If you believe that he is God, that Jesus is the Lord, he is your Savior, if you believe that, then you've got to believe that he has a few things figured out. If he saw your life many years ago and said, this is going to be a tough life under sin, I'm going to come and I'm going to redeem your life so you can experience a good life with me, then don't you think that he knows how you could have a good life with him and begin to lead you and guide you by his spirit. But he can't do that if you're too busy to pay attention. So you're going to have to set a time so you can say, I'm here just to fellowship with you. To have prayer. Part of that, you say, well, what do I do? Thanksgiving is key. Paul told the church of Thessalonica, he said, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything, but in the middle of everything. Well, why would I give him thanks in the middle of everything? Because he has the answer in everything. He didn't bring everything. He didn't bring the problems, but he knows how to lead you through to get you to the other side. So often we get focused on the problem, we lose our thanksgiving, and then we're overwhelmed by a problem that the enemy brought, and Jesus said, I want to get you through to show you he does not win. He may have come, he may have knocked you flat on your back, 
but I'm fixing to pick you up, put your feet in a solid place, and lead you right through this if you will give me your attention. So we give him our attention by thanking him for everything he's done. Thanking him. Rejoicing. We're in a time where it's really tough to rejoice. Well, I don't feel like rejoicing. Well, you should rejoice anyway. What do I have to rejoice about? Well, Jesus came and died, set you free. You have a relationship with God, unhindered by sin. We should be able to rejoice. Well, you don't know what bad things have happened to me. No, I don't, but he does. And he sent Jesus to help you get through every one of them. He never said, I sent Jesus to stop everything from happening. He said, things are going to happen. In tomorrow, there's trouble sufficient for its, its own day. But with me, we'll live in the midst of that trouble and come out on victory side. But give me the, give me the attention that I need. Because he said, I've seen it. I've seen life with you. Come on, God's seen life with you. Have you seen life with him? He's seen every day with you. He's seen what living every day in fellowship with you, what it could be. He's seen it. And he still loves you. <laughs> and he still loves you. Come on. So, set this prayer time. Listen to this. All these things, just let us know. He wants us at peace. He wants us at rejoicing. He never says, I'll wipe everything away so nothing will be there. He basically says, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. There will be a lot to be distracted about. There will be a lot to draw your attention away. He said, but I'm going to put a table right there when the enemy's doing everything, and you can belly up to the table with me and partake with me, and I'll fill you up, and I'll strengthen you, and I'll give you nutrition that when you get up from that table, the enemy's going to be sorry you ever got up. When you stand up and say, I've just eaten with the master. And nothing you could do distracted me from that. He is my portion forever. So I am strengthened for the day because I've sat down at the table with him and partaken of his sustenance for my day. So he says in Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I'll say rejoice. It's worth saying again. Come on, rejoice. Come on, rejoice. Tonight, we're going to rejoice. We're just going to have some time rejoicing and praising and thanking him for sending Jesus. It'll strengthen you to rejoice. I don't feel like rejoicing, but if you do, it'll strengthen you. It just will. So let your gentleness or your moderation be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. He said, listen, when anxiety tries to get you, stress tries to overwhelm you, everything tries to distract you, he says, you come in and get with me. You begin to pray. You begin to get thanksgiving. You ask him. You tell him, these are the things I'm having. I, I, I'm bringing this to you as the answer. So I've done that. Things didn't turn around. You did that? What do you mean you did that? 
you still have to be doing it. It's fellowship with God. It's not a one and done. I got a problem. I'm coming in. Oh, you didn't fix it this time. No, it's a, it's a fellowship. It's a time with him all the time. Right? So we can do it at Christmas and go, man, that was a great Christmas. We focused on Jesus. But then New Year's will come. Oh, we got it through Christmas and New Year's. But then next week will come. Then next month. Then the elections will come. Then the economy will change. Then your kids will become teenagers. <laughs> then guests will come over to the house. There will always be something that will try to distract and set your mind and take your attention away from the one who gives you life, gives you help, gives you direction, gives you strength. So he says prayer is very important. Secondly, I encourage you just to get time in the word. Time in the word. Romans chapter 2 tells us, you know, don't be conformed to the world. Don't get caught up in the anxiety of the world and everything that the world is saying and listen to everything the world is saying. He said, but you be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you, in the midst of what everybody else is saying, everybody else is doing, all the distractions, you and I can prove out. We can know what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Because we get into a place, you know, in, in Luke chapter 4, uh, we know Jesus was baptized, you know, in the River Jordan. Jesus himself, he, he went down and he came up out of baptism. And God said this, God said, this here, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And right after that, Jesus was led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The first record we have of that temptation is what? The devil said, if you are the son of God. Wait a minute. God just said he was. But what did the devil do? Tried to get him distracted. If you are, then do something. If you are, turn these stones to bread. Thank God Jesus knew who he was. Why? Because he had been in the word. He said, I don't have to prove to you who I am. Because me doing something doesn't set my worth. See, we get consumed with so much doing to prove I am. If you're really a Christian, do, 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 do. First, first, you'll do plenty. But the idea, if I do, that proves my value and my worth. That's what the enemy tried to get you distracted. He didn't say that. He said, I'm not going to get filled up by turning these stones into bread. My sustenance is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said, if we're going to have true sustenance, we're going to have to spend some time in his word. He said, the word remains forever. So we get to know him and we get to know the connection in prayer that we have with him because in that place of prayer, we begin to process what we've read in his word. What is he saying to me? And the Holy Spirit says, let me show you. Let me open up what God is saying to you right here. What do I do about this situation? These people don't like me. Let me open up to you what it looks like when people don't like you. We're all like, people don't like me. People don't want me. Jesus said, I get it. 
Does anybody understand me? Jesus does. People didn't like Jesus. What am I going to do about this? I've got so much to do today. What am I going to do? Jesus says, I get it. I get it. I mean, I've got people all around me pressing in. I've got a lot to do. But Jesus said, I won't go out there and minister to anybody until I spend time with the Father. Come on, he said, come to me and learn from me. So we get time in the Word. Just let me give you uh, maybe some help, some pastoral help. Don't go to Revelation. Don't go, all right, I'm going to get in the Word this year. Let's start with Revelation. <laughs> I'm going deep this year. No matter whether you've read it before, I'm just going to try to help you. Go to the book of John and get to know Jesus. See, we want to go so deep. We want to, I got to do some stuff. I got to study. Just study John. And when you come on stuff, say, Jesus, what was your attitude in this situation? Why did you say what you said to them? Why did you do for them what you did for them? That woman that they brought out to stone because she was in adultery. What were you thinking? See, we can read over it, but he says, come to me and learn from me, which means if we open that word and say, listen, I'm having an issue with some people. He says, I get it. I've had some issues with some people. I don't feel like anybody in the world accepts me or likes me. And he's like, I get it. Everybody left me just because I said they were going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Can you imagine? Well, I would never say anything like that. He said, listen, I was just telling them the truth, and they walked away. So instead of just trying to figure out and get busy about what am I going to do for me, just stop. Get in the Word. Pray. Find Him and say, what were you doing? What were you thinking? And how did you come to that conclusion? Because I want to know, in my situation, which seems similar to me, how to be like you. Then read Ephesians and Colossians and say, Paul, what are you talking about? Christ is in me, but we got all these other people who, it's really tough to figure out how we're going to do anything together. And find out how Paul said we love each other. We join together. It's not about us individually. It's about us corporately doing something big and eternal. But you find that in the Word. And when you begin to pray, He opens that up. So instead of being distracted by all the things you can get distracted by, set yourself to have time in prayer and time in the Word. When people say, you can't do that. I need you right now. Just let them go to Jesus. And Jesus will say, you might be distracted by a lot. But they're taking time with me. And I won't take that from them. He will never take time away from you that you're spending with him. 
Because you choose the best thing. Because then you can get up from that place of prayer, that place of the word of God, and see life totally different than you saw it without him. So he chose us. So I'm going to close with this story. It's an odd story to be bringing, but it's what came to me while I was praying. Actually, it came to me a couple weeks ago because I happened to sit down, flipping through the channels, and went, oh, I recognize that movie, and you might have seen it. It's called The Family Man. Nicolas Cage was in the 90s. I missed the first part of it. If I remember, the first part's kind of wonky, but um, so... But the whole essence is, is he is so he has this girl that he loves. They're getting out of school, doing whatever. But he's so consumed with busyness that he basically chooses busyness over her. And he becomes very successful and very busy. And he's about many things. Uh, but he runs into this place. He runs into this angel uh, in all of his busyness. It's around Christmas time, and they have this chat. And he falls asleep, and he has a dream. He has a vision of what life would have been like if he wouldn't have got so consumed with busyness. And instead of this Wall Street tycoon with all the money, all the sports cars, everything that he got from success, he is in New Jersey with this woman that he knew in college and... What? Yeah, and kids. And he is at first hating it. He's like, my God, we're, I'm working at a tire store. And then it starts being revealed that he works at a tire store because his father-in-law who owned the tire store got real sick, so they helped out. He gets to liking his kids changing diapers. His daughter, like when he starts getting it, she's like, there you are. You're the real dad. He's going through all this thing. So him and his wife, she's trying to figure out what went wrong with him because he's acting all strange because it's really not him. He's in the dream. He's having basically this vision and she's in it, in this dream. She's in it, right? So we'll just say she's Jesus. She already gets it, man. She's already spent time with him every day. And so they're in this place and she's talking to him. She's trying to figure him out. And she's, she's saying, we got this home we got these beautiful kids. We got all this stuff. And he's trying, to, he's trying to get back to success. And she's like, we've got all this stuff. And I choose us. So he gets to this point, and then he sees this angel. And the angel basically, is, he knows, uh-oh, I'm waking up from this dream. So it ends, and he wakes up, and he's back in New York City in his apartment Goes to the door. This woman's at the door. He's like, and, and he has to New, Jer- New Jersey. He gets to the house. Nobody's there, of course, because it was a dream. So he's running frantically all over to find this woman that he left at the beginning of the movie for busyness. And he finds her, and guess what? She's busy. And she's about to go off to Europe somewhere. And he can't stand it. He just can't stand it. So finally, he chases her down at the airport. If you watch it, you'll know it was a long time ago because he could actually run to the gate. (laughs) For you young people, there was actually a time when we could actually meet people at the gate. So he runs to the gate. She's in line to get a ticket, and he he has to talk her into it. She's like, she walks back, and she says, listen, I've dealt with it, man. If you haven't had closure, sorry, I'm leaving. 
But he couldn't stand it. So he gets her, and, and he calls her out there in front of everybody, and he's like, come on. I've seen it. We have kids. Yes, we live in New Jersey. It seems boring. You are a pro bono lawyer. No money. But we are happy. Then he looks at her and he says what she said to him in the dream. He looked at her and he said, I choose us. And she said, I'll have coffee. <laughs> she wasn't going to have coffee. He said, I choose us. He explained to her everything he saw, everything that he envisioned, everything that was brought to him. He says, I choose us. Say, so what, Pastor? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that Jesus has already seen us. And it may seem like nothing to you, but he's seen every day with you. And he wants to give you a vision of what every day looks like. And he's already said, and he's tried to say through his death, his burial, his resurrection, his, his birth, everything that we're celebrating, he said, I've seen every day with you. I've seen the beginning from the end, and together with me, not for me, but with me, is a life that is uncomparable. You may see people having the flash of the day and the popularity of the day, but it's nothing compared to every day with me. Simple and easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. I can overcome these obstacles in your mind by having peace with me. I've seen it. And he said, and I have chosen us. He says, if you'll just stop for a moment all of your busyness and come and sit at my feet and let me show you what this can be like. I'm banking on the fact that you will look at me and say, Jesus, I choose us. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you for all that you have done for us. Oh, God, you're so good. Your mercy endures forever. Help each one of us who know you today, tomorrow, as we move forward to not be so distracted by busyness, success, everything being perfect. And know before we get up to all that, there's a place that you have made for us by the shedding of your blood to sit at your feet to come right into your presence, to have communion and prayer. That you've done everything that you can do to present to us your words to us, that we might have a conversation with you, not just because of what was written on a page, but what will come off the page and be written into our hearts. That your words in our mouth create a conversation with you that as we pray, we are conversing that which we already know you have said to us and revealed to us. And we might have every day with you and see the importance of day-to-day -day living in Christ when all the world is swirling around us, all the world is demanding things from us 
that you have done everything you have done for us that we might do the things that need to be done with you, not simply for you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to minister to every single person that we can see what you see. And as you have declared through giving Jesus Christ, you choose us. That today we'll refresh and renew if needed. Or if this is the first time, we will say, I choose us, Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I ask you to make this the best Christmas you've ever had if you don't know Jesus Christ. If you understand the busyness that we've talked about, you've wanted relief from that busyness, the pressure, the distress, maybe trials have come your way to distract you, pull you away, all the work. But he said, come unto me. If you never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day to say, I choose us, God. You chose me 2,000 years ago when you sent Jesus to live and to die for my sin, that I could be forgiven. I accept that today, and I choose a life with you. So I'll never, ever have to live a life without you. If you're here today, or you're watching today, and that's you, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I invite you right now to raise your hand and say, Jesus, I choose us. Anybody here, say, today's my day. Today's the greatest Christmas I'll ever have. I'll put away everything else I'm bothered by and I'll come to Jesus. Anybody at all? Today's your day to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You might be here today and say, you know what? I have allowed myself to be a Martha and be busy with everything else. But today, I'm going to set that aside. I want to recommit my life to Jesus that I choose us today. I want to pray with you. Raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Just raise your hand. Say, I'm ready to choose us today. Anybody at all? Praise the Lord. Anybody else want to join this one, that one? Anybody else? Join these here. Once you've raised your hand, you can put it back down. Anybody say, just honestly say, I've been distracted. I want this Christmas and 2024 to be me with him, not distracted by everything else. Just raise your hand. I'm going to give you one more moment. I see that hand. Anybody else want to join these? As we pray, I see that hand. I'm believing and have been praying about this, that the Holy Spirit will meet you right there in your chair as you acknowledge that. He will meet you right there and start to open up a fresh vision of what this year is going to look like with him. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all stand to our feet? If you're watching online, it might be your first time, you might be recommitting yourself to life with Him. Why don't we all pray this prayer together? If you raised your hand, just attach your faith to this prayer. Expect God to begin to show you and speak to you and give you on your schedule, how you can set that time aside to be with him, to be in his word, to put him very first place. 
And in beginning this year, I know there will be great testimonies of how putting him first has changed your whole activity, your whole focus, and your efficiency in being able to handle all the busyness that comes your way. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning, and I've listened to your word to me. And this morning, I choose Jesus. I ask you to forgive me for allowing everything else to distract me from my relationship with you. I commit myself afresh and anew to your Lordship. I believe that what you have done for me far surpasses anything done to me. So I ask you to help me focus on the relationship that you have provided for me, with you. In Jesus' name, I choose us. Amen. Amen. That might have been a little different prayer, but I believe God met you right there. As you desire to make this year different, not a busy, busy year, but a very productive year through depth of relationship with Jesus Christ. I have these prayer clause here. I had an instant message or whatever you call that messenger uh, message from uh, Sandy. She came here many years ago, moved away. She's got a very rare disease uh, that really torments your mind and torments your body. It's a tormenting disease, very, very painful. She asked if we would pray. Sandy, if you're watching this morning, we're, we're going to pray for you and send this cloth to you. And so we want to pray over this. I just found out this morning a young lady uh, that we know uh, is having some very uh, difficult and, again, odd heart uh, challenges. Young, too young to be dealing with heart challenges. And so we want to pray according to Acts, the 19th chapter, where it says handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from the body of the apostle Paul, and they were brought to the sick and the demon-possessed, and when they were laid upon their body or brought to their body, spirits left them, and their bodies were healed. So young people uh, dealing with things shouldn't have to deal with. Amen. But God, how many of you believe that Jesus is the healer? Praise the Lord. So why don't you stretch your hands out here. We want to pray over these claws. Hallelujah. Why don't you all come pray with me here? Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Spirit of God. Saturate these cloths even as you did then. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Powerful healing anointing, the anointing to deliver from every strategy, every bondage of the enemy, which saturate these cloths supernaturally when they're brought to those who are sick, those who are tormented. In the name of Jesus, the anointing will escape this cloth. It will drive out every demonic uh, oppression, impression. It will begin to break through yeah. every physical ailment you, and bring healing and health to their mortal body, restoring mm-hmm. strength, life, and health, mm-hmm. restoring that which you designed for them from the yeah. very beginning. Yeah. They will fulfill the length of their days in health yeah. and strength fulfilling and seeing an eternal purpose to their life with you. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for healing Mm -hmm. their bodies, restoring their minds, Mm -hmm. opening up freedom and liberty for their life. Mm -hmm. 
like never before. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you're in this room and you have sickness, you have symptoms in your body, would you please raise your hand if you want, if you want prayer for healing? Raise your hand. Anybody at all, you have something in your body, you want prayer for healing there, there. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Raise your hand high because there's people around you. I want them to see it. All right, if you're around these who have their hand up, Mark, the 16th chapter, said these signs will follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So if you have somebody around you, just stretch out your hand. Put it, put it on their shoulder. Don't just reach it to them. Lay your hands on them. If you believe, we're going to see miracles, not because of me, but because Jesus loves these people. He died for them. He said, if I could just get people to believe, I'll transfer healing from a believer and help people. So, Father, we thank you right now as believers throughout this room are stretching forth your hand that the power of the living God would be released right now because of the love that is in one person towards a person who is hurting in their body right now. As they stretch forth your hand, they're stretching forth from their heart love for this person. And in that, love for the person. The anointing of God carries right now. Right now. Right now. We command Whatever the source, not just the reflective symptoms, but the source, the source of that ailment, the source of that sickness, right now the anointing going to the source, that it works and breaks up and destroys the source. And from that, the symptoms begin to leave. And health restored to these bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we declare it. And we look forward to hearing the good report. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Well, you can clap if you want to. Just if you're going to clap, clap. Give praise to him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love that. Hallelujah. See, I'm a golfer, so whenever you give a golf clap, I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Sorry, God, that was about all we could muster up today, but... Um, Thank you. Um, but uh, I, know you, I know you're thankful. Amen. Praise the Lord. It was such a, a, a pleasure to get to uh, spend this Christmas Eve morning with you in this way all together. Uh, really, just invite you to come back tonight. We're going to have a great time, 4 and 5.30, and it's going to be awesome. Music's going to be awesome. I already got a preview and our time together, worship, communion. We're going to have an awesome time together. Again, to focus, just spend a little bit more time at his feet and uh, making him number one in our Christmas celebration. Amen. Say as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus? Far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. Wait, just a minute. <laughs> All right. I just want to say uh, oh. that the coffee cart is uh, there and they have snacks and stuff. If everybody goes back there to the nursery all at once, it's just going to be like...
can't see anything. But um, so uh, feel free to go in there and get a cookie, but maybe get a coffee and then go in there and get a cookie or however, just, uh, but do that. It's open this morning. It won't be open tonight. So for so. anybody who may be visiting and you'd say, oh, I'd love to see the new nursery, kind of all this back there might not help. So yeah. if you go right through these doors right here, down that hallway, you'll actually enter into our new remodeled nursery space and be able to just take in all uh, that has been done, the work that has been done, and how great it's going to be for our, our children. So if you want to go to the nursery open house, go through those doors and go that direction. Praise the Lord. You can be dismissed.
Night of wonder, still and silent. Heaven's brilliance from above. Light of glory, pierce the darkness. Mercy, pierce my heart with love. This is Jesus, King of glory, here to rescue from the foe. Son of God, who comes to save us, Prince of peace and Lord of all.